Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Monday afternoon. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with me. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Yes, the snow is on the way. Even yesterday was kind of a blustery day, but this is, what, October 30th? We've had a beautiful fall, so we can't complain. Later this hour at 3.30, we've got Charlie from Dawn's Hobby Shop. She is going to be coming in, and we will be doing this Facebook Live, and we are going to be talking about some of the cool makeup that you can be doing with yourself or your kids as we get ready for Halloween tomorrow. And, of course, maybe you have a party tonight to attend. So we will be doing that at 3.30. This half hour, though, and I know this is going to happen. I remember as a kid when you would go trick-or-treating, and then suddenly you had all these treats that you could take some for, for lunch, maybe for recess. Ugh, things have definitely changed when it comes to what you can and can't bring to school. Now, there isn't any clear policy when it comes to what should be in lunches, but a lot of schools try to have this healthy eating, and sometimes that healthy eating turns into food shaming. Lisa Rutledge is a registered dietitian. She helps people redefine their relationship with food, and she also blogs at lisarutledge.ca. Lisa, thanks for joining me today. Hi Angela, it's a pleasure. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but do you ever <laughs> remember bringing Halloween candy to school? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. It, it was a bartering tool. Hey, you know, you could always get some better candy if you had something that someone else wanted. Lisa, yeah. interesting article that you have written in Huffington Post, but I think it's one that a lot of parents can relate to because mm-hmm. I completely understand that we should avoid allergens like peanuts. I think that's been around long enough for parents to know that they shouldn't be packing any nut-based thing in case someone has a reaction. But are mm-hmm. you seeing it spread beyond that? Oh, absolutely. I, I do have to admit my three-year-old is not yet in school, but the stories I hear from my clients and um, my co-writer on this article for HuffPo um, has children in school. And the stories we hear and what people are experiencing now is a lot more kind of food policing, food shaming and food rules based around this concept of, you know, healthy and unhealthy foods. And I find that to be very problematic. Well, especially as a registered dietitian and and one who works with people to redefine their relationship with food, I think whenever we start talking about good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, it can be either taken to the extreme or left to that person's interpretation of what they think is healthy or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. When we label foods as good or bad, and mainly the idea of labeling foods bad or forbidden or illegal, it really can lead to disordered eating, which is a far greater health problem than body size or the size of our bodies. Um, when we tell our children as well as ourselves that a certain food is forbidden, it actually increases our desire for that food. It doesn't lead to kind of moderating, moder- eating more in moderation. It can actually lead to more overeating. So this idea that some foods are bad really does not, it's not true, it's not based in science, and it doesn't actually help people eat any better. And especially because these messages are coming at such a young age where, you know, kids who go to school in grade one and two in kindergarten, they have a clear sense of what snack time is and what Mm -hmm. should or shouldn't be eaten during snack time. And and talk about the, the concern, especially when kids are just young getting these messages. 
oh my god, children of all ages are so vulnerable to these messages. Teachers are such an authority, you know, authority uh, over, you know, over all things they learn in school. And um, to, to start labeling foods as good and bad or judging foods based on their nutrient content, sugar and fat and protein and carbs, um, these are really sending the wrong messages to children because health is very complex. Just because a food has a particular nutrient doesn't make it good or bad. Um, and when we have these impressionable, vulnerable kids who, on top of it, don't have the last say on what goes into their lunch boxes, and yet they're held accountable to that um, for what they bring to school, I find that, you know, unethical, unhealthy. Um, it can cause a real kind of problem uh, with children and a skewed relationship between food, their body, uh, and health of the kids. What is a better approach? I believe, you know, as a non-diet intuitive eating advocate, um, I really believe that giving the message that all foods can fit into our lives in a very healthy way is a very important one for children as well as for adults. Um, labeling foods as bad can lead to disordered eating. It can lead to eating in secret. It can lead to children and adults feeling ashamed and guilty when they do eat these so-called bad foods. And if we step back up for a moment and just think of all these foods we've been told are bad or good, often the rules are very arbitrary. Who chooses what is good and what is bad will change with the latest food fad. They're not based in science. So when it comes to kids focusing on, you know, the pleasures of having variety, focusing on having fun cooking, having fun exploring different tastes and textures, rather than putting an emphasis on nutrients and calories and fat and sugar, that sort of information is not helpful for children. One, they're not making the decisions of what food comes into the house. And two, they don't need to know that kind of information. Um, as adults, we learn that and we can, it can help us make balanced decisions for our families. Um, but children, it should be, you know, stick more to the fun, interesting, inquisitive side of food in order to help them, um, you know, create variety and, and enjoy all the foods that they eat. Well, and I also think, and I'm involved with brown bagging for Calgary kids, so we make lunches mm -hmm. for Calgary uh, students who can't bring a lunch. So we're mm -hmm. also looking at a lot of families who maybe just because of economics can't provide the maybe quote-unquote best, and I don't even like saying best because that means yeah. there's a worst, but, yeah. you know, what they're actually even able to put in their child's lunch, and then the child mm -hmm. shows up at school and feels this food shame. Mm -hmm, exactly. We don't know the reasons why parents are choosing the foods that they pack. I know teachers and school boards are, you know, they have a lot on their plate, so to speak, already. But talking to the parents, if, if a teacher feels a particular problem with whatever the child is setting for whatever reason, going back to the source and talking to the parents, the people who make those decisions, talking to them directly without getting the child involved uh, or feeling bad. This, you know, the idea of having the teacher as an authority, the parent as an authority, who does the child believe, it creates this really like, a negative dynamic between a child who, you know, wants to rely on their parents um, to be the person who can give them, you know, good, sound, healthy advice. And then the teacher turning around saying, you know, what your parent packs to you isn't good. I have to take it away. That negative dynamic is, is very unhealthy. So leaving up to the parents, you know, having the parents be the people who choose what is in that lunchbox, um, having it be their responsibility, but also being very conscious, exactly like you said, like not understanding or not maybe realizing why they've chosen those foods. And to be fair, my client, the people with whom I, I consult with, 
they are not people who are unknowledgeable. My clients are very knowledgeable in nutrition. So considering, you know, saying parents don't know what they're doing, I find is, is quite erroneous. Well, you know what? We are a very diverse society in Canada. We're bringing mm-hmm. different cultures, and I think um, different cultures bring different foods and different food choices. If there really mm-hmm. is that big of a concern, I think you're right in saying at least, first of all, approach the parents to see why they are making the choices they are when it comes to what they're giving their child for snacks and lunches. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you know, the, the myth that overweight children eat more or move less has been debunked. You know, it's important that we remember that one nutrient, one ingredient, one food does not affect our health uh, like we're told by either the media or, or you know, health, so-called health, health gurus. Our bodies and our health is much more complicated and good for that. <laughs> good for that. We're, mm-hmm. we're complicated creatures. So to say, you know, if a, I've heard of things like if a granola bar has chocolate bits in it or chocolate chips, it's then off limits because for some reason the presence of chocolate chips will you know, greatly change the health of a granola bar. Those type of things are sending just the wrong messages to children saying, you know, this food should be avoided at all costs when in fact it will not affect our health in the way that we're assuming it will. Well, and I also love the fact that uh, I know when my kids were in grade one and grade two, they just became little mini police because any rules that they had from school it was like this is what we have to do mom we've got to do this it's like well, okay wait mm-hmm. a second so and i think that's the other mm-hmm. thing when you you bombard them at such a young age with rules what that mm-hmm. is doing to their relationship with food exactly and i've heard heartbreaking stories like children not wanting to participate in family pizza night because at school they've had to do an exercise where they take a, a picture of pizza and, and mark it a big X in red because it's been deemed unhealthy by the person who created the exercise at school. Uh, I've heard of children refusing to eat their favorite fruit because they've been told that sugar is bad. So all these things, these mixed messages, is very easy to get caught up in very black and white thinking, very distorted way of thinking about food when it comes to children and their inability to kind of understand that, you know, maybe the black and white thinking is is not necessary when it comes to food. Lisa, I want to just take a break here. Uh, Lisa Rutledge is my guest. She is a registered dietitian. And we are just talking about sometimes schools police lunches and snacks too much. It's not as if there is hard, fast rules, but some schools, they have this culture where you're expected to bring healthy choices What is a healthy choice? And after the break, the story of a Calgary mom, and you might remember this from last spring when her child who has autism brought banana bread to school. Oh my gosh, we're back after this. I just saw Charlie walk in and get ready for our makeup session at 3.30. She's got this huge gash on her face. And I am hoping to keep whatever she puts on my face because I have to go to my cool choir session tonight and we're dressing up. So I said, great, I'll have my face done. But I am biking home. So I'm hoping if I'm biking home and suddenly someone sees me, this huge bruise or something coming out of my face, they won't be calling the police. Lisa Rutledge is a registered dietitian, helps people redefine their relationship with food. And you can read her blog on lisarutledge.ca. But we are just talking about some of the food policies and sometimes it's almost unspoken as well, Lisa, correct? It's it's not as if uh, there's hard, fast rules sometimes. It's just mm-hmm. this, oh, you've got to bring healthy food. And that mm-hmm. is so broad. 
Mm-hmm. It is, you know, to be honest, I do like the idea of it being broad because what, as kind of we mentioned earlier, what is healthy, what is, you know, considered a wise choice, it depends on how hungry you are, what you've eaten that day, what you enjoy eating. So I do like that it's healthy and broad. What I don't like about it is the fact that if there are no hard and fast rules, which there shouldn't be, but like you said, there's still that um, kind of that pressure from other parents or from other people around us to, to make always the most extreme healthy decisions for our children. And that kind of pressure, I find, um, really takes away from the parents' way of setting their own household rules about food and takes away from the children's ability to kind of self-regulate, decide for themselves, what do they feel for in this moment? What would feel good in their body? What would feel good in their, in their, on their taste buds? How hungry are they? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that not every school has a hard and fast rule, but, uh, but the pressure of being, you know, quote-unquote healthy is certainly not necessarily a positive thing these yeah, days. I completely agree. Uh, the story I was talking about, it was back in April, and when I was reading your article, I remembered this. I thought, oh, yeah, I remember. And it was a, a little boy who has autism, and his mm-hmm. mom had packed banana bread, and mm-hmm. he had to eat his banana bread out in the hall because... <sighs> He, in for snacks, they were only allowed to eat fresh fruits and vegetables. And in fact, this banana bread, I, it was homemade banana mm-hmm. bread. So mm-hmm. that's where I think uh, this poor kid, and of course the mother raised the uh, issue with the media, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping the school back down on that one. But th- that's mm-hmm. just it. Someone, Someone's healthy, and I know you're glad it's so broad, but I would say banana bread, I think that's a healthy snack. You know, I, I, it's something homemade is definitely the parents will know what goes into it. I don't like to say that packaged foods are less healthy or not healthy because then again, that's still just fear mongering with food. The parents will have to choose for the parents who can't, don't have the time or don't know how or can't for whatever reason bake homemade banana bread. You know, I don't want to say that that's not a good thing. You can't send a kid with you purchase banana bread either um but absolutely where does it draw the line i have heard of stories of children um parents saying you know my kid is more hungry than they need more than just a fruit and a veg at a particular snack they need something to tie them over because they're very active so even having rules like it must be a fruit or or vegetable and nothing else that's snack whether it's homemade banana bread or not causes a lot of problems It, it forces children and adults to start listening to external um, rules about what to eat rather than internal, their body's own internal wisdom about how hungry am I? What do I feel like? What do I have to eat? When's lunch time? When's dinner time? Am I going to be active after school? And that should help me decide what I'm going to eat yeah. in this moment. You know, not it has to be a fruit or veg. So the idea of segregating kids, putting them in the hall, I've heard of kids, you know, the food being taken away and not replaced with anything. So the message is, it's better to go hungry than to possibly eat a food that someone has deemed bad. And that, to me, is a very disordered way of thinking. And, <laughs> when, and when kids are young, Lisa, I mean, the, mm-hmm. uh, a large majority of them are picky. And so mm-hmm. it's sort of like, mm-hmm. oh, good, at least exactly. they're eating. I know they're eating yeah. something. So yeah. then parents also have that to deal with. So um, exactly. I, can, I can definitely understand parents' frustrations. Uh, Lisa, mm-hmm. your parting message, though, would just be uh, make sure you're teaching the kids choices as opposed to good, bad, healthy, unhealthy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if, if parents are out there frustrated, I would say talk to the teacher, send a note in your child's lunchbox, 
telling the teacher that the child has the right to choose how much and of what and what do they eat out of the lunch box that you have sent. Um, and if there is an incident um, with your child or with other children in your school, stand up, you know, stand up for yourself and your children, and don't be scared to go talk to uh, the, the the school board or the principal, the teacher, because uh, this can be a harmful um, practice of food rules and yeah. shaming. Okay. You know, children are suffering the consequences of choices that they're not making themselves, and that's that's not very fair. Lisa, thanks for the conversation. Thank you so much. Lisa Rutledge, a registered dietitian. You can read her blogs on lisarutledge.ca. Great text coming in, so I just wanted to uh, finish off this half hour with some of them. Uh, one person says, I do a lot of work with homeless families. One of our roles is to educate them on healthy eating, as many just don't have the skills. And yeah, and even when you say that, and I can understand, so that, that whole uh, healthy eating can be so all-encompassing and, and that would be the biggest concern I have as long as that healthy eating doesn't have the good foods, bad foods, everything in moderation, variation, I think is very important. Another person says, I send my kids to school to be educated, not to be influenced by teachers' personal opinions. I do remember growing up, and I mean, I'm, I'm a kid of the, the 60s and 70s, and, and we had Canada's food guide up in the classroom. I mean, even now Canada's food guide has been criticized for maybe too much of one particular thing, but I don't know if we have to have such hard, fast rules. Uh, one person here says, bullying in school makes kids throw out their healthy food. My mom would cut me apple slices. My friends would have fruit snacks. Ooh, you have an apple? <laughs> oh. I'm so glad I've gone through all of that. Um, and someone else says, too bad peanut butter is an awesome food. Kids in school always had it when I was there and in the Army. There was always a can nearby when in the field. A full can was also useful as barter along with everything else to seal the deal. LOL. Completely agree. When it became no peanut butter, I thought, oh, great. That's one of my go-to things for my kids. It's 326. After the news, tune into Facebook because we're going to be doing a little Halloween makeup.